Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 114 of the Farben Metal Podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, I am recommending the Gothenburg Sweden Crust Hardcore Death Metal Outfit Industrial Puke. But before that, I welcome Carson Pace from the Callous Dowboys onto the program. The Callous Dowboys are kind of having their biggest moment right now. They are everywhere. You can find them on Revolver, you can find them on the Brooklyn Vegan, you can find them everywhere. They are about to release their sophomore album, Celebrity Therapist, on September 2nd via MNRK Heavy and Modern Static Records. Carson came onto the program to talk about that album, as well as self-referential lyrics, cults, terrible, just the worst merch ideas, what could have been his 15 minutes of fame, and more. Now, before we dive into my chat with Carson Pace from the Callous Dowboys, here is some of the Elephant Man in the Room, their latest single from Celebrity Therapist. I'm outside of Sacramento in a town called Davis. Okay, cool, man. Um, I spent some time in like uh, Rockland and uh, and Roseville, so I, I know that area pretty well. Oh yeah, that's uh, all up a bit north of me, but I, I frequent there kind of often. There's a newer new-ish venue up in Roseville, oddly, and uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. I. Uh... I went to a couple shows there, but um, nothing, uh, nothing too extensive. We've uh, we've played in Sacramento, I guess, twice now. Um, first time was at uh, goodness, um, Goldfield Trading Post, I think. That sounds um, right. And the last time was at Ace of Spades. Yeah, I just yeah. I just found Ace out about Spades that. Is fucking awesome! I just found out about the Ace show like too late. Like I don't know how I missed that. It was y'all and Light the Torch opening that show, but I just somehow did. So I I failed I you know. and I failed myself. No, that's okay. Um, I mean that that kind of makes sense. Um, I mean Avatar Avatar was the big headliner on that tour, um, and uh, I mean. I think Ace of Spades sold out, so uh, you know, no, no harm, no foul, buddy. No, I mean, how was the how was the um, crowd early doors like when you guys went on? It was packed, dude. Fuck it was, yeah, it was crazy. Always good yeah, to hear. It was, it was like, uh, and uh, I mean, it was one of the few sets of the tour where we could say like absolutely nothing went wrong. Ooh. Um, and we just got off stage and they were like, that was, that was one of the craziest things we've ever experienced. <laughs> we were like, that was fucking nuts, dude. Um, it was a great show. Such a great show. What normally goes wrong at your shows? Is it just like a tech thing? Cause there's a lot of you, there's a lot of like dissonance going on and energy and stuff like that. Does it all just kind of become a perfect storm of, uh, of roughness sometimes? Yeah. I mean like we don't, so we don't play to any backing tracks. So, um, and, and our drummer doesn't play to a click. None of us play to a click. So it, uh, you know, occasionally like just like, you know, uh, a 
a channel switch will go wrong or like, you know, someone will forget to hit a sample or, you know, what have you, uh, string will break something like that. But that show, no strings broke, uh, nothing like nothing went wrong. And, uh, we got off stage and we were just like, that was nuts. All right. Well, you know, let's hope to, let's hope to have another one of those. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear it went well. And, uh, I know you've got some other tours and stuff lined up that I was going to touch on in a bit, but, um, you, you kind of touched on this already a bit. I, I, by the way, we've kind of started the podcast just because I t- always seem to fade these in mid mid chat. Um, so, uh, oh, man, dude. so like with the fact that there was already a big crowd for you guys, early doors is either a avatar people trying to get a good spot or B you know, reaction to the hype around you guys. Cause like I've heard the new record. It's fantastic. It's going to knock people on their asses. It's very weird and very cool, but there's just like <clears throat> a lot of excitement around you guys getting a lot of revolver coverage. And you guys put out a special pressing of your upcoming album that sold out in two hours through revolver. How has the excitement around this album and this band changed your day-to-day and the band's day-to-day uh it's it's really crazy man um i uh you know uh, of course when you when you write a record um and you know you put a lot of time into it this this is the kind of thing that you hope for but um there's nothing that can really prepare you for it i mean like this podcast is one of the many interviews i've done this week um you know i'm kind of in and out of them like all the time uh we are just like constantly fielding you know different offers and um you know just sending new people the record and you know just today uh we got a uh today we got a tour offer from like one of my favorite bands i can't say who but it was insane like just getting that offer and being like holy shit they actually want to take us out um it was it was a pretty crazy uh it was a pretty crazy experience um it was just uh you know it 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 definitely changed the day to day in uh in ways that we never expected um and uh you know i couldn't be happier for it man um i think that it's it's only going to get crazier too once the once the record's out now without again without saying who the the tour is with were you guys able to say yes so that way when something can announce all of us can go oh neat for you uh yes we Ooh. were able to accept it Ooh la la yeah. so i'll keep an eye out for that in the socials and whatnot in the future yes sir yes sir i'm uh, not sure i know i'm not sure when it's getting announced there's still some logistical stuff to figure out but uh it was it was one of the coolest moments of my life for sure <laughs> very nice well i'm happy for you and i'll i'll be happier when i know um Kind of in that same realm. <laughs> Sorry. Um, in 2020, you were retweeted by Cardi B for a WAP joke. Uh, how has that, you know, 15 minutes of fame differed from the actual band stuff fame? Oh, man. Great question. Uh, yeah, no. I I had, like, a bit of an existential crisis about that. Like, I, I was like, I was like, oh, this is, like, this is my 15 minutes. <laughs> um I was like, this is like, this is it for me. Um, and, uh, we were working on celebrity therapist, uh, the, the new record at the time. So it was, um, it was, it was really wild. Um, I like, we were tracking guitars and, and, uh, like I had Twitter open and my notifications were coming in so quickly that it was like interfering with my guitar pickup. Um, which was pretty funny, but, uh, 
yeah, dude, it was just gnarly. Um, I, 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 it made me just want to delete Twitter forever. (laughs) Um, it it made me feel pretty crazy. Uh, I I don't know, man. Uh, I see like someone tweet my exact tweet. Um, I don't know, like uh, every couple months or so I, I deleted my personal Twitter. So the original tweet's not out there anymore. Um, and I, I, I don't know. There was, there was a lot of catharsis in that. Like, um, I, I don't know. I was like, ah, oh, the joke's not even that funny. Like, <laughs> it, it like bummed me out really hard. Um, you know, it was a joke I came up with in a sandwich shop that was playing Hey There Delilah. So, um, you know, I, I, it's, it, it's been pretty satisfying to, uh, you know, uh, come into uh, a fan base on on my terms this time uh that's that's nice but you know if that was my 15 minutes you know so be it um i got to i got to tell i i can tell everybody for the rest of my life that uh cardi b retweeted me uh and and she thought it was very funny and i'm, I'm glad i made her laugh that is a you know that's that's enough for me Good. but uh it was uh, it was really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, response from Plain White Tees? I think does that song. Uh, no, they said nothing about it. But I know they saw it um, because they they saw it because they like posted a merch drop like a few hours after uh, after it hit like I don't know two hundred and fifty thousand likes or something like that they posted like a merch drop after that that was just the hey there delilah single cover and i was like what are you guys doing (laughs) (laughs) like it was it was a bunch of merch items with just the cover of that single on it and i was like interesting so they have to have seen it at this point um i'm sure someone showed it to them but uh no no response from them maybe they don't have a sense of humor Cowards. Yeah, I know. Uh, I want to touch on the early days of the band before we start talking about the new record. Uh, how sure. does how does a band like this come together? I, a short version of the question, I guess. How did you wind up with violin in a band like this? Oh, oh, Daniel, you've asked the you've asked the forbidden question. All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I get asked at every interview, and you know. Uh, so sorry. It's, it's okay. It's a it's a valid question. It's a valid question. Um, to be very real with you, uh, it was just like a like we were friends with Amber, our violinist, and we were starting this band, and we were like, well, the only instrument Amber plays is violin, and we just want to hang out with Amber. So that's the short answer. <laughs> like right. there wasn't really a whole lot of thought process to it. Um, and and now it, we just kind of treated it like a like a guitar. Um. So, I mean, it, it's, it just kind of happens and I guess it sets us apart. Um, I, I'm, I'm kidding by the way about you asking it. it it's, it's totally fine. <laughs> Honestly, the question's a little on brand for me. I write for metal injection as well. And I briefly wrote this, uh, column called thinking man's Thursday, which is all about prog, mon- prog metal. And I did a, a entry that was just about bands with violin in it. And I've also done saxophone and I forget what else, but, uh, so if, if it's not a guitar, keyboard, bass, drums, I, I zero in on it myself. So uh, sorry to be the millionth person, but for my own thing, it's like, no, how, how, what do you do? 
and when the band first started, was there always the intention to be as weird as you guys are, or were you straight ahead band and then things got weird? Um, I, I guess I would say that like we were just kind of doing, and and we still do this. We just whatever makes us like laugh, I guess. Like like when we're writing, we're just like, well, what's the like funniest thing we could do? <laughs> um, and I, I don't know, man, like, I guess that's just like kind of how it started is like, it kind of started as like a joke of like, Oh, what if we switch genres like five times in one song? And then it sort of became like part of our sound around the time we did our last record. So, I mean, it, it just kind of became a thing and it's, integrated itself into how i write so much now that it's just like i don't i don't really write without changing tempos or changing genres or or whatever um i i I guess it just happens man um fair i i i want to write um you know music that no one's ever heard before i'm like kind of obsessed with that idea um so when we are able to do that i i kind of geek out over it um it's uh it's it's really cool to me the idea of like being able to uh to just write something entirely new um so i mean i i guess we've always been this weird but uh you know um we've sort of honed in on it and and figured out how to do it right and how to do it tastefully other than just being you know fucking riff soup <laughs> I, I should say, I mean, weird is a compliment. I'm a fan of bands. Oh, of course, I'm of a fan of Bungle, Dillinger, Psy, all that kind of off the wall stuff. So this is up my alley. Um, but you mentioned Absolutely. doing something to make yourselves laugh, which actually does lead to my first question about uh, celebrity therapists, which is that there are moments of self awareness and humor sprinkled throughout the uh, the album, both musically and lyrically. How do you guys walk those lines between being funny and self aware, but also just like super fucking intense? Uh, can I, can I ask which moments you're talking about? Uh, there's a moment in, um, star baby where you, it seems like you call out yourselves, but then prefer, <laughs> uh, you want a murder podcast, which is actually like my next question, but that's the a highlight for me. Cause okay, my yeah, wife yeah, loves yeah. murder podcasts and like, you don't really hear a band shout themselves out in a song. Um, I, I love when bands, uh, I love when bands say their own name in songs. It's like a very big, uh, it's a, it's a very big pleasure of mine, whether it's like a reference, whether it's like breaking the, no, well, not breaking the fourth wall because it's different, but like, whether it's like being self-referential or doing it as kind of like a tongue in cheek thing. I love that. Um, and, uh, that was like, that lyric was kind of inspired by, uh like just like another existential crisis i had where it's like you know i was like uh kind of i was single for a while uh in 2020 like early 2020 and like i would just come across like all these people who like were just obsessed with true crime and stuff like that and um it was sort of like a like a i, I don't know just like a frowny face moment i had where i was like i was like we're gonna work our asses off on this record and we're gonna be so proud of it and we're gonna drop it and there's gonna be a couple people that get about halfway through it and then go uh you know what i have a new episode of true crime garage (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah no i it's i i guess 
I mean, it's, it's just what comes from, from the heart, you know, as, as far as, you know, being self-referential or, um, self-aware, um, because I mean, that is the reality of things, you know, like there's, there's so much content out there. There's so many things being released every Friday. I mean, Christ, September 2nd, our album comes out. The new one, five, six silence album comes out. The new Sunflower record comes out. Like, it's crazy you know not only do we have two of our contemporaries releasing records on september 2nd but you know there's other big artists that drop that day too so it's like you know there's so much content out there there's so many people who listen to something once and will listen to this record once and go eh, no not as good as the last one or oh no this band's still not my thing like it, it's it's just a deluge man um rather than you know sort of a a carefully uh, uh curated uh deal i mean spotify does curate stuff to people but you know anyway, anyway um i'm getting off track but uh it, it I, I don't know man um in this in this day and age we have to do something to stand out and uh you know i, I think maybe being self-aware and uh not taking ourselves too seriously while still like going hard as fuck is is what's going to make us stand out man um you know i can't think of another band that is that is doing shit like that so um and there's so many so many great bands out there um it's you know we have to we have to stick out like a sore thumb whether people you know like us or don't like us so um you know it's it's delicate to balance that but i think we kind of do it a little naturally I mean, the the last folks I had on my podcast, uh, I don't know if you're aware of Cyborg Octopus, they play in like basically nothing and, and little capes at their live shows. So that way they can stand out among like the sort of technical, melodic, progressive death metal thing that is the Bay Area where they're from. So like, I mean, gosh, absolutely do that. Um, yeah, no, they sound cool. But again, like I had never heard of that band and, and there's so many bands. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I said I write for Metal Injection. The one thing I do there is I write the weekly Friday new release roundup, and I try my best to like cover ones that I think people are going to think are cool or like the big na- the marquee ones that I feel like I have to cover. And there's always yeah, a comment yeah. that's like, "Oh, you forgot about this band? Sorry, I didn't know this weird yeah. German German band that everyone loves." My bad. But uh, September <laughs> September second September second. Write that down. Not going to ignore you guys. Um, but. Based on what you mentioned about your, your single life and interacting with people who are into like true crime podcasts, I feel like I know the answer to this question, but um, there are a lot of allusions to cults and cult-like mentality in the album. Are cults as like a concept something that fascinates you, or does that kind of wind up in that same category with just like being exhausted by true crime uh, obsessions? Oh, no. I mean, like cults are kind of my true crime. Um, I, I don't know. True crime is like something that very much pass me by um i am I'm, I'm not terribly into it it makes me sad but uh cults are like the most interesting thing to me in the world and like in some ways i would call the true crime fandom a cult yeah um and uh, a lot of a lot of what the record focuses in on is is truly we are all in our own cult whether that's a good thing or a bad thing you know you and i you and me daniel are in the cult of of uh of underground metal you know 
we are we are in that world you know i imagine we follow a lot of the same people on twitter we see a lot of the same opinions we see a lot of the same discourse so you know there is this like weird inner circle that we're included in is it a harmful cult not really but you know in my opinion it's a cult nonetheless you know what i mean mm. so um a lot of the record is 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 focused in on that and and uh, on cult thinking and group think and stuff like that and uh I mean, I, I am fascinated by anybody who's, who's in some sort of, um, you know, fringe group like that. And, you know, cult's a very strong word to use when you're talking to people like that. Um, but you know, I, I, I don't know, I'm maybe trying to get rid of the stigma behind it. Um, you know, I, I'm maybe trying to, uh, to use it in sort of an endearing way rather than a, uh, a scary way you know what i mean I, I would like for for it to come around to that um and you know maybe maybe if you put the word dangerous in front of it you know that's when it's a bad thing like i'm like scientology is a dangerous cult sure but like you know who is uh <laughs> who did heaven's gate hurt nobody but themselves <laughs> yeah, like, it's okay yeah uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I um, mean, with that sort of thing in mind, I recently rewatched uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop, which, have you seen that, the Banksy uh, Shepherd Fairy thing? I, I sure have, yeah, yeah. The way it, It's been a minute, but yeah, I've seen it. But ultimately, like, the people in L.A. that go to Mr. Brainwash's show and, you know, kind of get swept up in their cells, that's its own cult, and it's like, you know, the hipster art cult. Um, but yeah, uh, so we're on our underground metal one. What sort of shoes are you going to wear to the next meeting? I think we're supposed to wear Adidas. Yeah, yeah, we're we're all gonna wear matching Adidas, and uh, I, I think I think I'm gonna wear like one of those uh, hats with a propeller on it. Hell yeah! Actually, um, there's to... one of those in my house. <laughs> oh, perfect! Can I borrow yours? Of course, I'll, I'll I'll send it over to you with courier. Miami, you said. That's right. That's right. <laughs> one post right. office box, Miami. Um, in a recent like profile on the band, you're quoted saying that you're prepared for people to never talk to you again because of the lyrics. Uh, with more singles coming out and more people getting to hear parts of the record, have people started to drop out of your life yet? <laughs> um, not quite. Uh, I think when I said that, I was more referring to the opening track um, where I say the American flag line. Um, there's that one. Um no, I mean, nobody started to drop out of my life just yet. Um, you know, and, and even if they had, I probably wouldn't mention it sure. <laughs> on here. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like we have a, we have another single coming here pretty soon and it's a song that I wrote for a friend of mine. Um, and he knows I wrote it for him. I, I gave it to him. Um, and it was sort of like a, it was sort of like a little, um, I don't know. I hesitate to say love letter, but you know, it was a story he told me that I turned into a song, um, and uh, you know, maybe uh, put some fiction in there and some some stank on it, if you will. But uh, you know, he's he's expressed to me before that you know, the song really meant a lot to him, um, but you know, he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't exactly know if it's the best representation of his story, so. <laughs> He hasn't, he hasn't dropped out of my life, but, um, you know, he's always like, he's always just like, I think it's really funny that that's like how you see me. Um, because I did give him the song once it was, once it was mixed and mastered. I was like, this is for you, buddy. Um, so, um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I think release day, I might get a strongly worded text from uh, some of the members of my ex-military. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, the, recently on tour, you guys had a design that was the old Cherry Coke label design. Mm-hmm. Who's the classic Cherry Coke fan among you? And well, basically what? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that was Maddie's idea. Maddie loves that logo. Um, our, our guitar player, Maddie Caffrey, uh, that was her idea. Um, and, uh, I, I don't know, like. I hate serious merch. I think it's like, I'll wear it, but like, you know, I, I'm not a fan of us selling it because I, I think that like people usually don't want serious merch. Like, I I mean, maybe they do a certain type of person does, but like, I don't know. We're, we're about to, we're about to bring a shirt with us on tour that says huffing paint thinner makes you invincible. So like, you know, I think I, I would much rather have that than, uh, than like something with like a skull on it, you know? Um, but, uh, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was a funny, good design. We're almost, we're almost out of that shirt. So, uh, I think people are rocking with it. What is the design that may have been shot down that you brought up for the band or have any of those sort of things been shot down? Um, I wanted to, uh, uh, and, uh, maybe some of your listeners uh, won't find this very funny. Uh, there's this book that like basically poses that 9-11 was a like mass ritual, like a mass satanic ritual. Um, and it's called the most dangerous book in the world. It's written by this crazy guy. Um, and uh, I wanted to do a rip design of that book. <laughs> um, and the rest <laughs> of the band was like, and I wanted to put like a picture of the Pentagon on it. And the, and the rest of the band was like, is, is that a good idea? And I was like, probably not. But like, <laughs> I was like, I think it's funny though. <laughs> like, you have to know so much to get that shirt. That's almost why it's perfect. Yeah, I know. You have to know, like, I, I don't know. You, you'd have to like understand what you're looking at, I guess. But I wanted to put the most dangerous band in the world. Sure. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I thought it was so such a goofball idea, but like everyone was like, we are not doing that, Carson. <laughs> All righty, man. Thank you for coming on the podcast. You've got a tour came up with the Rolo Tomasi, which is not coming near me at all, which makes me very sad. But I'm sure the next time uh, you're in my general vicinity, I'll swing by and say, hey, because it seems like it's going to be a crazy fun time. Uh, thank you for coming oh, on my podcast. Fun. Thank you for the great record. And uh, I wish you the best of luck with all your friends and family on the second. <laughs> thank you so much, dude. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right. You have a good rest of your day. You too, man.
That was some of a brief article regarding Time Loops by the Callous Dowboys from their album Celebrity Therapist. You can order your copy now at celebritytherapist.co or over at thecallousdowboys.bandcamp.com. Now to conclude this episode, I am recommending the Gothenburg Sweden hardcore crust death metal band Industrial Puke. Industrial Puke features members from Retno Killer as well as Burst and they are fans and for fans of Disrupt and Dismember and all those sorts of crazy hardcore death metal bands. On September 16th, they're releasing their EP, Where Life Crisis Starts, and from that album, they have given me the opportunity to showcase their track, Industrial Puke, in its entirety. Here's Industrial Puke by Industrial Puke. Life Crisis Starts by Industrial Puke will be out on September 16th via Suicide Records. You can head over to industrialpuke.bandcamp.com to pre-order your copy and then keep up with the band at Industrial Puke on Instagram. Now, as always, I'd like to invite you to head over to farbeyondmetalpodcast.com. There, if you're in your band, you can hit me up to be on the show. You can find past episodes, merch link, friends of the show, and a lot more. And of course, the theme song is Far Beyond Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Meter Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.